Hey everyone, I'm Christine Kane. You know, over the course of my ministry life, I have been asked literally thousands of times around the world if I can mentor women so that they can grow and they can discover their God-given purpose and potential and flourish in life and ministry. So I've committed this season of my life to setting up a program to really help to mentor, train, equip and mobilize women into their God-given purpose and potential. Now, my friend Tara Beth Leach and I have rallied trusted leaders and coaches from every sphere of life to develop a life-changing Propel Women cohort experience for you. You know, I can't tell you how pumped up I am with the stories that I get of transformation that happens when women have gone through this cohort experience. It is absolutely astounding to see and hear all that God is doing in their lives. So I'd love to have you join us for the next round of Propel Women cohorts, and it's starting really soon. So whether you are in ministry or whether you're a professional woman or a businesswoman or a pastor's wife, why don't you consider joining our next round of cohorts at propelwomen.org cohorts. Hi, friends. I'm Chris Kane, and you're listening to the Propel Women Life and Leadership Podcast, where we share faith-fueled stories from leaders all over the globe to help you fulfill your God-given purpose. I am so glad that you're joining us today. Let's dive in. I cannot wait for you all to meet one of my favorite people on the planet. Now, I am convinced that we are related. I know I'm Greek and she's Mexican, but we are both as passionate and competitive as each other. I've got to tell you that. So Angie and I have the privilege of working together at A21. She's the uh, development manager for A21 in Latin America, and she's been managing the development of educational awareness and prevention programs in Spanish within the framework of human trafficking. And that is no small job. So since January 2021, she's been the REACH coordinator for A21 in Latin America. She's an active member of the Intersectorial Committee Against Trafficking in Persons in Mexico and Guatemala. I know that is a mouthful, but it is a really big deal. I need you to know that. As well as a member of the Regional Network of the Americas for the implementation of UNTOC. So if you can interpret what that stands for, that is awesome, but it's a big deal. She's been awarded Woman of the Year twice by the State Women's Committee in Mexico. So we are very privileged. Listen, the women that we are bringing to you are unbelievable. She's also a wife and a mother and co-pastoring in her local church. So there is not one hat that this woman doesn't wear. So tell me, Angie, I'm so glad that you are here. Give us a snapshot about all of the different roles that you're currently serving in. Well, first of all, thank you so much, Chris and Rachel, for inviting me to be part of it. For me, it's an inspiration to see firsthand uh, how your leadership has done so much to build an equipment woman. So thank you so much for placing yourself in the same gap uh, with us and um, answering your question, the role which I, I have, I am personally serving first is a mother. I'm a mother and my mainly role that I bring as a tattoo in this season of my life is that. There are days when things go well, days when they don't. And another of my roles is as an abolitionist advocate. Also, as you say, co-pastoring with my husband. I do so much as a counselor and accompanying families, mother, children in their journey 
and in their process. That's pretty much what I'm focused on serving right now. Okay, hang on a minute. Yes, you're downplaying it now being, (laughs) uh, of course, it's awesome. Your children are amazing. Your husband is fantastic. He's a great, great guy. And your church is exploding uh, throughout Mexico, which is like just the grace of God. It's quite amazing the amount of young people that you guys are reaching. But I'd love you to tell everyone the story of how you got involved, even in being an abolitionist, because there's a lot of people listening to this and they would think, well, you know, um, this is only for special people that are called by God that grew up all their life wanting to be an abolitionist. But this was not your story. So tell us a little bit about how that happened. Yeah, that's a great question. And I would like to kind of like put another question there because that's what happened to me. Like, have you, people that are here in the audience hearing this, have you ever heard something that stops you in the track? or felt so convinced that put you into action, because that's how my husband and I felt after we learned about human trafficking while attending a conference in London back in 2014, as as you, Chris, was explaining the reality of human trafficking and H1O1's work and how you share with so much empathy uh, for the work, something that I, Kelp until now. We were talking behind the scenes before we started this. We do this for the one, and that hit us. That was like uh, hit us to the core. Like something happened inside of me as I listened to you that day. I couldn't let go the statistics, the story, the reality that human trafficking was happening in my community, in my streets, in front of me. So I felt so convinced, and I realized that I, I, we could do something. I realized that I could never, never sit in a chair to rest without knowing that I'll be doing something to fight this. It was like a turning point for us. It was time for us to join, uh, uh, to join the fight and fight for freedom, to take action. It was some sort of like, ah, this is the time to say yes to this. I was, I was set up for the action, Chris. My husband and I knew that we could do something to impact. And we decided to host the very first walk in Mexico City in 2015 and the second year, 14 walks, the third year, 15 walks with teams in different countries and Can You See Me and the office and the rest is history. But we really felt that it was an ordinary family doing something extraordinary in an extraordinary city. We, we felt that we were set up for the action. We were set up for the action. And that was like a conviction thing that became a lifestyle for us as a family. It it, it is really that, honestly. And we were doing something very different. It's been over nine years almost. And and I think I told you this once, I don't remember. It, It started with a walk, but it will finish with rescues. Come on. Absolutely. Uh, That is so powerful. Now tell us quickly, because we just had, as we're recording this and um, we just recently had our annual global walk for freedom, which is absolutely amazing. Over 500 walks across the world in 65 different countries. So it's A21's major prevention and awareness uh, statement around the world where hundreds of thousands of people are involved. But uh, South America was just quite astounding what is happening watching those walks develop developing like you're saying in 2014 you're in England at a conference you hear about human trafficking for the first time you're a wife you're a mother you're thinking okay what can I do you didn't even know about it before then and so you come back a very ordinary person just going can my life make a difference so tell us a little bit about 
how many walks we had in South America just recently and how much attention there was from different media outlets and the potential reach of that because I want people to be inspired about what an ordinary person can do when they begin to be activated and with the help of God and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and a lot of good strategy and a lot of hard work, all of those things working together, what can happen? So tell us what just happened recently. Yes, of course, uh, uh, Wolf of Freedom took place in Latin America in more than 50 walks in 14 countries. The impact that generated was very impressive, and the impact on social networks or media was unprecedented. Like our attendance doubled from one year to the next, with great media coverage. More than one, no, one hundred million people uh, was informed about what happened that walk through through media coverage, printed and digital. It was like, is this this for real? Like we saw like so much favor. I remember once you say we will double. And that's what is happening. What we pray is happening. And, and, and it's been so great to see that even the team was like an injection, a re- recharge, like a boost. Like, hey, we, we're doing this. And we, it was teachers, doctors. Like, it didn't really matter. Like, uh, students, um, mothers, uh, pastors, uh, Enterprise, it was like it was for everyone. It, it was a walk from the society to the society. Hey everyone, well, you know, without a doubt, the number one thing I've had to work on more than anything else in my entire 35 years of following Jesus is the battle that is happening in my mind. I'm one of those people that is very predisposed to obsessive rumination. And if I am not careful to take every thought captive to the knowledge of God, I can spiral down a black hole like anyone else. You know, people say, Chris, you have got so much of the word that comes out of your mouth. Let me just tell you, it is not any kind of legalistic man I'm trying to memorize just out of some rote thing. It is a lifeline for me. I have found that by digging into the Word of God and memorizing scriptures, it has helped to transform my mind and I am daily committed to the process of renewing my mind. Can I just say I know that I'm not the only one. So many of us struggle with this battlefield that we have in our mind. What I've done is I've put together a a free guide of the scriptures that have most helped me, that I've memorized and that I go to again and again and very often on a daily basis in order to keep renewing my mind and bringing it into alignment with the Word of God. And so I want to make this available to you because I know so many of us are struggling with our thoughts and we've just had a really, really challenging last few years and it's time to bring our thoughts back into captivity to the knowledge of the Word of God so that we can thrive and we can flourish in life. So head over to christinecane.com slash renew to grab your free guide and start renewing your mind today. Something I love so much, Angie, about the way that you personally and then also your your A21 uh, team in Mexico is the way that you guys use social media throughout the walks. It's it was so encouraging to me seeing all of the photos that were coming through. I mean, it was it was mind blowing to look at how much work you guys put into that and just seeing the photos that were coming through on my end, um, just being in Ohio and looking at those photos. It was so encouraging. And it was one of those moments where I'm like, this is where social media can do so much good. 
like that reach that you just mentioned, that's amazing. And something that you consistently do in our, um, in our America's calls and in our global team calls is you bring these stories of just God moving mountains in the human trafficking world. And you say them just with such like, like so much humility. And I'm sitting here like, Oh my gosh, I didn't even know that it was possible (laughs) to do what you just said. I mean, it's just mind blowing. Can you can you share with us how you like some of those mountains that you've seen God move? Yeah, um, I think that's a question that gets to the point. Because I think uh, one of the times that I saw that I was that I saw that was just this year in Honduras. Uh, I saw so much involvement in Unity, besides the walk, definitely, and the walks, but it was in the launch of Can You See Me? It, it happened in the, it was held in the presidential house. We didn't know about it until we, we showed up there. It was the presence of the Secretary in Security and Prevention, Human Rights, National Congress, designated representatives of national uh, national presidency, you know, DC, you name it, Embassy of the United States, the different embassies and law enforcement, NGO, academic center, private center. But right after the launch, the Honduras National Law Enforcement held a targeted rate uh, to lead, uh, to take down to trafficking dreams and wow. rescue more than 40 women and girls. Like in a country where this is not seen, in a country that does not happen, simply far from happening, we saw the impossible becoming possible. We saw the hand of God intervening and giving instructions of freedom. In addition, that we saw that a united, like a united, like, a21 was the reason of united between government offices and agency. It was like seeing Jesus being the reason of joining forces with each other like never before in their own history. And it was like, like putting the faith in this thing called rescue. That was one of the things, was one of the moments when I saw ah, that's, that's, that gets us to the point. This is so powerful and, you know, I'm thinking we have so many amazing women throughout. We have uh, 19 offices in 14 countries. As you're talking, Angie, about that miracle, uh, you know, I mean, who would have thought a girl in Mexico City would be in the president's house in Honduras and launching a national campaign? And, you know, I just remember just a couple of months ago that in Greece and because of the work of the Uh, Greek team working with the national hotline and then of course the Spanish team working with the national hotline that we run and Marina and Loida who are country managers like you are it's stunning to see all these women working together when we had 52 women from Colombia so we've got a a South American you know trafficking ring and here we are now in Europe but because we've got again all three of you girls are uh, wives and mothers um you love the Lord and all exceptionally trained. Everyone, you know, has got at least one, if not two master's degrees, very trained, but understanding that you're living on mission for Jesus, navigating your lives and and having to be leaders of teams and people and working it all together holistically. 
but because of the synergy and the unity that we're able to work with our Spanish team, our Greek team, our South American team, and being able to bring hope and help and rescue and restoration to so many people. So to me, I'm wanting to inspire the people that are listening to this podcast that keep thinking, what can I do? Can I make a difference? And I think from my understanding, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, wrong, I think your initial degree was in engineering. Is that right? Are you an engineer? No, that's my master's degree. My initial degree is international relations and uh, international management relations and political political science. Political science. Okay, yes. so I'm sorry, everyone. I forgot her master's degree no, in engineering because that's what it would be, of <laughs> course. And so, but I just want yes. you to know the kind of cheer. I mean, Rachel, what do you think of that? that kind oh of, my goodness! Like, no, no, Christine, that was my undergraduate. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, Andy, talk to us a little bit about those transitions that you made because you have a master's in engineering. Um, how did you, how did you end up making this transition? Cause I feel like so often we disqualify ourselves, you know, cause we think like, oh, I don't, I don't have a degree in this. I can't possibly do anything in, uh, the, to help the anti-human trafficking movement, but you've got a master's in, in engineering. How did you, how did you end up making this switch? Uh, I was pretty much, um, selected to take a test to see if my brain could do, uh, some statistics and some of that, yeah, thinking and honestly, I have to be very honest with you and the audience. I'm not good in math. I'm not good in calculations. I'm the worst of the worst. I I would never qualify myself to to do that. But they say we would like you to take that test to see if you are qualified to have that uh, to go to that master degree. We will pay for that. And I'm like, what? Yes, we will pay for that. I was like, well, then I spoke with my dad, and he said, take it, take the test. And I'm like, I'm not good in that. I, I know, I know. It's like, I, I don't think, I know I can say it. Like, I'm not good in math. I don't think like, and I'm okay with that. And he's like, you have to learn different things to make your brain works differently. Otherwise, if you go to the social uh, educational degrees, it will be only that side of your brain who will, which will work. You have to, to turn on yeah. those those buttons in your brain. I'm like, no, well, I took the test and I was qualified, but I have to be honest. I never cried and prayed as, as I did back then. Honestly, I was like studying, praying and crying because I couldn't understand everything. And, and even the teachers at the end told me the only reason why you, you, you finish it is because you perceive like you you didn't yeah you didn't give up and and I think that was the only reason honestly and that's that's why I took that well if that's not a lesson right there about persistence and keeping up and um being in a college where English is your second language and having to do all that to me is astounding uh just the courage the faith and the tenacity it takes to move nations to study in a language that is not your first language. I mean, you know, Rachel and I are flat out trying to study (laughs) in English, which is our first language. So I think it's it's astounding. Um, And then yet the Lord knew that you would be organizing walks, which require a lot of uh, planning. And I mean, because I want to tie the spiritual with the natural, like in all of that, you got out of your comfort zone when you didn't know why or how 
And yet the Lord knew that there would be, and I would assume the way that South America is going, we will have a thousand walks through South America and hundreds of thousands of people walking. And that's just a logistic nightmare. So thank God that you have at least some engineering training, because just like we want engineers to keep buildings up, we need uh, we need the capacity to be able to coordinate a widespread kind of uh, holistic approach to to just the, the what it takes to organize this. I mean, it, it sounds also noble. We have all these walks for pre- freedom. We've got these great reach programs and we've got, you know, programs in schools and we've got Can You See Me where we're helping to raise awareness with hundreds of millions of people around the world. And we have these, you know, very complex rescue programs and then these complex restoration programs. It sounds really romantic. But logistically, if people only knew the amount of time that you and all of the operations team under Phil and everyone else have to work hours upon hours upon hours to logistically make things happen. And then when you are coordinating and having to work with law enforcement, with government, with other NGOs, with the medical system, with the education department, it requires skill, it requires leadership, it requires navigating things. And we all have to grow there. We don't start there but we grow there. I love to always say we have to grow to where we need to go. And I want someone on the other side of this podcast to understand that we grow into it. I think, you know, I I was 50 and already leading a global organization and ministry when I went back to grad school because I saw that my daughters were growing up and in a very different world to me. And if I wanted to continue to be relevant, even in preaching and teaching evangelistically and to reach, I I went and got a master's in evangelism and leadership. And everyone said to me, why are you doing that? And I said, well, when I started leading, I wasn't leading an organization with 19 offices and hundreds of staff in 14 countries. And, you know, so I had to grow there and I have to keep growing there. I mean, the fact is that um, the minute it outgrows me, then I shouldn't be the leader of it at the end of the day. And uh, having all of you girls come through, whether it's Propel with Rachel and the team, whether it's A21 with you and the team, that if I want to continue in my role truly to serve and to be able to lead it, then I have to continue to grow. I mean, that's it. And I expect that of all of our team around the world. Um, we don't just have a position and a title and say, that's where you're going to stay forever. That, that's not how it works here. Fruitfulness is what enables us to keep uh going in all of this. And so I just want to commend you and I hope it's inspired people because to me, no wonder you're doing what you're doing in South America because you personally keep stepping out of your comfort zone. You personally utterly rely on Jesus. No matter how much education you have or training, you still know at the end of the day, we need the strength of the Holy Spirit to do what we're called to do, which I think is amazing. Definitely. And if I could say something there is that uh, the reason why I'm doing this is 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 because I have a family, not because of my my degree, not because how much I speak. I enjoy speak of the of for the for the have nots. It's because I have a family. I'm a mother. I'm a wife. I have, I have a children. I have nephews and nieces, and and they need they need people like us to 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 fight and to make awareness. And that's the main reason why I'm doing this. More, more than the any career or any title, that doesn't no. It's, it's because it's because they need a healthy and balanced and 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 valuable country and, and, and a good environment. And if that's what I meant to be in this world, then I, I mean. 
Angie, one of the things that I just, I so admire about you and it's so consistent in, in who you are. And we even were talking about it before we hit record is you really truly are so compelled by individuals. You know, when you were, when you were talking before we hit record and I, I just want everyone to like know this about you. Um, when you were talking about the walk and you were talking about your work, you said, we do all this just in case one person shows up. And that, that is just so evident in who you are. Like you are not compelled by degrees and accolades and honors. You are compelled by truly the compassion of the Holy Spirit. And like, that is just so unique and so beautiful. And I, I just, I want people to know that about you and hear that about who you are. And, and so I'm just wondering in, in the time when it's just you, how is it that you pursue and connect with God? Because I want a little bit of that in me, right? In my leadership, I want that same sort of connection to the Holy Spirit. What is, what is it that you do in your time alone? And I'm answering, hang on, I want to jump in here because I think, Rachel, what you're asking is so important uh, because, you know, yeah. you've got young children, Angie. Um, I'm thinking you, Rachel, have got four young kids and uh, it is extremely challenging when we read the reports of what happens um, and Angie and I read reports that yeah. we could not tell publicly because it would just so traumatize people because it is horrific. Um, it is an evil crime, human trafficking and traffickers do evil things to children and to women and to men. So when you're a, a mother and especially when you have young children, uh, it's extremely confronting. So I think I'm, I'm just adding a little bit more context because the question of how do you connect with God? Um, you know, I think people would be interested and go, how do you even do it? And how do you even yeah. maintain a faith in God when you see what you see in the trafficking world and you've got children yes, yourself? Definitely uh, taking care of, of ourselves. It's, 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 it's a major thing. Advocating and caring for exploited child can take great physical and emotional tool. And it's been difficult for me. This is on honestly. It has been very, very, very difficult. I cannot say that. Even for me to believe in certain moments that uh, due to the challenge or even to the to the cultural things that we have around this country and different countries in Latin America, or even for me to believe the role for people, like even for me to know that it, it, it's me in the midst of those places to intervene in a problem of human trafficking, it has taken me a lot of courage to believe. Yeah. It has to be through me. However, every time I move forward, just by saying, I'm not gonna give up. I don't know how to do it. I, I, I don't have the skills because I, I really don't. Sometimes I don't feel like I have, I, sometimes I don't, but when I say, I'm not gonna give up, I'm just gonna go and I'm gonna pray. Like I did before this podcast, I was like, this is my second language. I don't even know how to really interact. And, and I'm like, but every time I move forward, I see that God has a plan behind all of that. All is like seeing God showing, uh, is, is Jesus is shown placing fresh and renewed grace on, on us or on me to birth something new. When I know that God wants to birth something new, it's like, wow, but it has, it has taken me a lot of time. And that reminds me one of the scriptures before I was, I was uh, that it's been with me in this season 
is Isaiah 43, 19. It says, see, I'm doing a new thing. I'm doing it. Now it's spring up. And, and it comes to a question. Do you not perceive it? Do you not see it? I'm making mm-hmm. a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasted land. And that's like, oh, that's me. That's, that's, that's definitely, and definitely many, many other people, right? Like, like the, it, uh, it has, it, it has been a moment uh, for me to, 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 to decide to, to, to be with God. Like every time, like, like I wake up this morning, every morning, I'm like, I'm going to take some time with God, me and him. I know I have a busy schedule, but that has become like a, a moment because it wasn't happening, honestly. Everything around me was like rush and, and many things. Like it wasn't happening. I have to be honest. And and after this year started, I was like, I had to make an internal decision for an external practices because I have to be healthy. I have to I have to be well. I have to be healthy i need i need some some rest and it's not only sleeping and it's not only that it's just me being with my creator and just and just listen to him but i have to make a decision internal decision because otherwise things will uh will over yeah, overwhelm that will me. overwhelm you thank yes. you yes yeah, there's no doubt. And I think that connection to Jesus is the only thing that keeps faith and hope alive when you're doing this sort of work um, and any work. And our time is up and we love it. I, I, you know, you're going, this is my second language. Let me just say you're doing absolutely unbelievably awesome. This is just what I want you to quickly do as we wrap up and you can do this in Spanish. So that's fine. So for I've got lots of Spanish listeners and all of uh, my English listeners, you can... Um, get out your uh, lexicon and find to do it and, and get this in, in um, and get some AI help for this part. But I do want you perhaps in Spanish to um, just tell anybody that wants to get involved in this work, maybe is a little bit fearful, maybe a, a short word of encouragement and then just some specifics how they can uh, maybe contact you or get involved in Latin America because there would be many people listening to this in Latin America that might think, I want to do something, how do I do it? So maybe if you just, you can give us a, yes, a Spanish closing. Yes, of course, thank you so much. And si tú estás escuchando esto, quiero decirte que cada persona importa en la lucha contra la trata de personas. Los voluntarios son parte clave de nuestro trabajo, gran parte de lo que hacemos y somos es gracias a las personas que eligen unirse a nosotros para trabajar contra la injusticia para nosotros, tu ayuda es fundamental para seguir avanzando por eso logramos y hacemos lo que hacemos, nos encantaría que te unieras a nuestro equipo contamos con diferentes áreas no importa dónde estés, no importa lo que hagas, a lo que te dediques hay un lugar y hay un espacio para ti y por último, déjame decirte muchas gracias por acompañarnos hoy por estar presentes y, y recuerda esto, no estamos aquí para llamar tu atención, estamos aquí para llamarte a la acción. I love that. Amen <laughs> is what I'm saying. And the second language of heaven is going to be Spanish. The first language is Greek, but the second language will be Thank Spanish. Thank you. 
Trish. So, Angie, I love you. This has just been an awesome conversation. You're so, yeah. You've inspired Rachel and I, I'll tell you that much. And um, for all of our listeners, I know you're as inspired as we were. So Angie's details are listed and tagged in the description of this episode so you can keep up with her and connect with her further. And for all of you, we love you, we appreciate you, and thank you so much for joining us here on the Propel Women podcast. And we can't wait to see you back here next week. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are so glad that you chose to hang out with us on the Propel Women Life and Leadership Podcast. You can connect with us at propelwomen.org or on social media at Propel Women. Remember, you can find details on today's episode as well as some small group discussion questions in the description of this episode. We'd love to hear from you. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, and we'll see you back here next week.